Christmas. Hi. It's the holidays. Happy Hanukkah, Christmas. Yule. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. <laughs> You're listening to Talk Crooked. I was going to try and make it into the melody, but I don't think I can do it. Uh, <laughs> you're listening I was to- not going to follow. No. You're listening to Talk Crooked, uh, the social justice and comedy podcast for two friends off Korean Reach about an unspeakable subject. While enjoying adult beverages. My, My name is Kay. I almost said it with you. <laughs> I was like, My name is Kay, and I'm Carrie. <laughs> I start saying our um, intro in my head when I'm listening to Wine and Crime. Oh, like, that's so funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Kay. <laughs> I'm Gary. <laughs> and we're going to take a rattlesnake we're shot gonna today. We're going to do another shot. We've already uh, had two tequila shots, and we just can't. I can't. So well, taking, we had one and a half, but we're it's having been a long day. Yeah. So we're going to do a rattlesnake shot today. Hope because you don't it's Christmas and it yeah. feels warm and fuzzy in our bellies. Yes. Yes. So go ahead and pause this. Get your shot. And one, two, three, go. go. Mm. Oh, that tastes like Christmas. Oh, it's delicious. So we have mm. two cocktails today. We're going to have our... Very cool cranberry margarita that I posted as our uh, Tequila Tuesday mm-hmm. um, a few weeks back. And, um, yeah, it looks amazing. It's They're so very cute. pink. Yes. we will. It didn't make very much, though. I'm really getting annoyed with the, uh, the recipes that we choose that are, like, parts. And I'm like, can you just tell me a fucking measurement so I can make a full cup of this? Yeah. Like, like I wanna... I'm not a bartender. No. So... <laughs> Maybe that should be something that we create is like a cocktail, Pinterest cocktails for like regular people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah who just want to make a fucking cup of their cocktail <laughs> and not like a, like half, two ounces yeah. of a half cup of a something. Yeah. Like, all right. So let's see how this tastes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, that's different. Oh, I love Ooh, that. Oh, you can really taste the rosemary in that. Wow. Oh, that is my new favorite. Yeah, that's really good. Damn. You know what would be really good on top of this? Hmm. Some champagne. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should have topped it with some champagne. That would have been perfect. Yeah. Should just fill that up the rest of the way. But, um, uh, yeah, I definitely, I'm glad it didn't make too much. Yeah. But I'm, I think we could top this with some champagne and make it nice and fizzy and, and pretty. And, and it would be, a, yeah, like it would be, a, <laughs> it would definitely be a one and done. Like mm-hmm. there's no way I could have much of this because there's a fuck ton of liquor in there. But like, you know, we made this thing and it's like one part of this, two parts of this. Make this simple syrup. And it's literally like a full mason jar of simple syrup. And then, and then you like use like two, ounce. you use like an ounce of it in your cup. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> Okay, so... And the simple syrup's only good for two weeks. Yeah, like, what am I going to do with it? (laughs) I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. Which sucks, but this is delicious. I was really scared that it was going to be really, really liquory or really sweet. Mm -hmm. And it's really well balanced. I I really like it. Yeah, the rosemary definitely helps balance out the sugar. Mm. And of course, we've got salt on the rim. Kay's eating her cranberries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love cranberries. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. 
Well, we're going to pace ourselves because yeah. we've got another cocktail for the second half. Yeah. Uh, um, hopefully that one will be a little <laughs> way quicker to make because this took like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it took forever. It took um, a ton of time. We had fun. We um, celebrated having just recorded episode number 50. and Because um, we're recording these out of order. Yeah. So, <laughs> woo! Yeah. That'll be so fun. That'll be fun to figure out. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> that didn't sound so sure. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's unconvincing about this voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm so excited to do this episode. Yes, me too. Oh, my God. Merry so, Christmas, everyone. Yes, Merry Christmas. And I'm oh, going We got to, to Christmas. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> believe we did that. That's incredible. It's fucking Christmas, Kay. I know. <sighs> And Merry I get to Christmas, actually spend everyone. it with you. Yes, I'm just so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. We have the best Christmas special planned for you guys. Of course, we didn't cover everything about Christmas. Because we need more material yes. for later. Yes, so this is the first stop on the Christmas train, on the top crooked Christmas train. So Yeah, and we're going to uh, do a little switcheroony. Yes, I'm so happy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start this week because I technically went a little further back than Carrie did. Yes, so Even, chronologically speaking, I was like, it makes more sense. Because I definitely, I did a historical thing too, but you went way back. Yes, so. way, way back. <laughs> and it's also it's also kind of new agey. Yes. And um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I am a practicing witch. You know, so, we but, know that. But yeah, like, for people that are new to the show, if you're just listening to this for the first time, I am a practicing witch. I practice uh, certain things my way everybody practices differently this is the information that i've gathered and what i'm going to be doing for you what i've done in the past for you um so Yay! yeah uh, I, I love you yeah i don't know anything about it yet but you're gonna tell me about it and i'm yes, excited <laughs> i'm super excited about it too um and it doesn't feel right to do like a spooky intro for this. No. So we're just going to call it Christmas Traditions. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. So wait, so today we're talking to, <laughs> hang on, you got ahead of me. The fuck? <laughs> Sorry. It's Christmas. It's a season of togetherness. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're talking about <gasps> Christmas Traditions. Yay. And we're super excited. Um <laughs> So, Carrie's having a very beautiful Christmas this year with uh, someone joining her family, and um, I'm having a beautiful Christmas with my mother, and yeah, so it's it's going to be be really fun. Yeah. Um, It's going to be crazy stressful, which is why we're recording this two weeks ahead of time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what it is. Yeah. And um, another thing I will say, like, as I said, I'm a practicing witch, but I also, like, practice regular Christmas traditions because that's what I grew up with. Um, I've only recently become a witch. So this is, Yule is still kind of new to me and there was some stuff. You're also a Christian. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you get to (laughs) do whatever the fuck you want. Like (laughs) I do whatever I want. So um, I do what I want. (laughs) So I found some really cool information from Wicca.com. This is also called the Celtic connection. It sounds super official. Yeah. Oh my God. That you drink that and that rosemary comes just up through your nose. Mm-hmm. And it's it hits so the pretty. Yeah, it hits the back of your whatever the fuck it is. Like you know the connection between like your mouth and your nose. That those little mm-hmm. that spot in the back of your mouth. Like it hits that and it just goes right up through your nose. And mm-hmm. it's like 
it like activates that whole sense. It's delicious. Oh yeah. I wish we could make a whole. I wish we could have made like a whole picture of it or something. But I don't know how much <laughs> that syrup is part yeah. wise. I yeah. don't know. Let's write a cookbook, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We can do it. Oh fuck. Um, we'll stick that on our gin- ginormous list of re- resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I like all this information is just so good, and it tells a really cute little story. And I also found some information from uh, history.com on the um, history of the Yule Log. So I'm just going to go through those. That's We're going to talk about a log, are we? Yes, we mm. are. <laughs> Logs are I love fun. It. I'm excited. Yeah. Tell me everything. Let's go. All right. So I'm going to start with like the deities and symbolism and all that okay. other fun stuff. So the deities of Yule are all newborn gods. Sun gods, mother goddesses, and triple goddesses. The best known would be Dagda and Brigid, the daughter of the Dagda. Um, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bridget taught the smiths the arts of fire, tending, and the secrets of metalwork. Bridget's flame, like the flame of the new light, pierces the darkness of the spirit and mind, while Dagda's cauldron assures that nature will always provide for all the children. What? How do you spell her name? Um, which one? Bridget? Yeah. B-R-I-G-H-I-D. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. It's like Brigid. Yeah. Kind of. Brigid. Yeah. Brigid. Whatever. Yeah. However the fuck you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that, I actually, that name sounds familiar. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a celebration of, like, this season kind of coming to a close and, like, the sun is starting to come in back life. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, like, new Preserving life. Preserving life and new mm-hmm. life and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what winter is, really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, symbolism of Yule. Uh, rebirth of the sun, the longest night of the year, uh, the winter solstice, introspection, planning for the future. So a lot of the rituals that people will be doing if you practice um, witchcraft would be like um, letting go of stuff and new stuff coming into the new year, like what you want going into the new year. Um, seems very similar to Samhain. It's interesting. Yeah, it is a little bit. A lot Um, of their stuff is about letting go. Yes. Exactly. Which Letting is healthy, in, yeah. honestly. Um, which is why it's been so helpful for me. Yeah. I think it, it's been a huge part of my growth because I didn't know anything about what I was before I started practicing this. Yeah. I, I had no way of figuring it out by myself and I had to let go of stuff. Um, so other spell workings would be peace, harmony, love, and increased happiness. So oh, it's nice. Like, yeah, just bringing light back into your life. Okay. Yeah, in the darkest time of the year. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. There's a hole that my um, my chair oh. put in the paint on oh, the wall no. over here. Oh, no. Yeah, I gouged a hole in my wall. Oh. With my chair. I just found it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all relevant to Yule, but except that I just found it right here. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not the only hole I found today. <laughs> Oh, goodness. The hole in my dog's ear that we Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hamlet got injured, you guys. Like, we don't know how it happened, and it, I feel like a terrible dog mom because I don't know how it happened, and we found this giant gash on his oh. ear, and Josh poor is bud. taking him to the vet in the morning. It's going to be okay. We're going to get it figured out, but my poor little baby was in a lot of pain earlier. Yeah, I felt so we bad were, for him. We were cleaning it out and 
figuring it out and oh so if there's a hole in my dog's ear now there's a hole in the wall it's a great day it's a day for holes <laughs> yes holes have stuff to do with renewal right <laughs> new beginnings and yeah i mean like if your you've birth got a hole, hole in something just get a new no new thing <laughs> <laughs> you have holes in your clothes that means it's time for new clothes yeah that means i'm past due yeah. <laughs> um so some other deities of Yule, of course, Bridget, um, Isis, Demeter, Gaia, Diana, the Great Mother. Um, gods would be Apollo. Obviously, he's the god of the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ra, Odin, Lu, the Oak King, the Horned One, the Green Man. So this is this sounds like it's across a variety of cultures. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just like Celtic Mm-mm. It's, or Druidic or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, witchcraft encompasses... Pretty much all gods. Any god that you want to serve or um, find your purpose with, Mm -hmm. you can bring into witchcraft. Yeah. Um, And Wiccan Wiccan sources and other witchcraft sources are really good about bringing all that in. That's Um, really cool. It's very inclusive. Yes, exactly. Inclusivity. Yeah, that's one thing (laughs) I love about it. Um, So the green man is also part of this. The divine child. Which I assume is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that sounds pretty yeah. <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mabin. Um, so some herbs. You're going to love this. Um, Yay! Bayberry. Blessed Thistle. <gasps> I love Blessed Thistle. I've never seen it, which I'm sure it'll I be shall, beautiful. I should look it up. Good. <laughs> um, evergreen, obviously. Of we bring course, in Evergreen. We bring in trees um, because they are supposed... We bring in evergreen trees because they're supposed to have spirits in them. And, like, all trees have spirits in them, but the spirits stay in the winter, and they want them to be warmed yes. in the home. So, um, frankincense holly, laurel, um, mistletoe. I love frankincense. Yes. Look at the sisal. It's so pretty. That's so beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. purple, <laughs> and it's a little bit weird looking, and it kind of <laughs> looks like a cactus, but it's also a flower, and it's beautiful. I love them. And you can take it as a supplement, too. Ooh. Huh. It's gorgeous and super unique and weird, and I just love it. I love weird <laughs> shit like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> note. Mental note. Um... Uh, you can also what, mental note that I love weird shit. I mean, like, no, <laughs> no mental, clear. mental um, note about the blessed thistle. Um, it helps with allergic reactions. Oh, no, that's side side effects. JK. <laughs> JK. Um, and then, of course, mistletoe, oak, pine, sage. I didn't know that was a herb of Yule and yellow cedar. So, um, there are other symbols, of course. So it, do you want me to tell you what it does? Uh-huh. Can you take it real quick? Yeah. So, um, so it was widely cultivated in the Middle Ages by monks to treat the Black Death. Oh. Um, and it was used uh, in a lot of different folk medicines. So it, it promotes salivation and stomach acid production. So if you're having like indigestion problems, Ooh. Um, it supports upper respiratory health. It promotes a healthy digestive system, promotes healthy urine flow, uh, supports skin health and wound healing, and it promotes lactation if you're breastfeeding. Oh, wow. So. That sounds super helpful, actually. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's the, uh, kind of a kind of a blanket situation. Huh. <laughs> I love thistles, though. I just think they have the most beautiful blossoms. Oh, yeah. Like spiky purple. 
Mm -hmm. Just so pretty. Yeah. And Eeyore used to eat them, and I love Eeyore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some foods of Yule. uh, Cookies and caraway cookies soaked in cider. Mm. Um, Fruits, nuts, pork dishes, turkey, eggnog. Yeah, a lot of people do like a pork tenderloin and stuff Mm -hmm. like that for... uh, for christmas yeah instead of a turkey yeah because it was easier i'm pretty sure like in england and stuff it was way easier to have access to a something some sort of pork than it was a turkey <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially in like the city oh yeah that makes sense um eggnog ginger tea spice cider uh wassail and we're gonna get into what that is um, here we go a wassailing upon the leaves so green sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're good I'm going to just like b- burst into Christmas song just periodically for throughout this. Oh, I know. And one of the uh, activities of your caroling. So it's not, yeah, it it's, not, it's not something I planned. I, it's just going to happen. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Wanderings of fair to be seen. <laughs> I'm getting a concert. <laughs> Um, and another food of Yule would be lamb's wool, which is ale, sugar, nutmeg, and roasted apples. Ooh, that sounds amazing. It does. What was it again? Ale, uh, sugar, nutmeg, and roasted apples. That sounds incredible. So it does. like ale is like a really pale beer. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, it'd be, give you a nice little alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, flavor that would react with the apples and the sugar. Just, that would be beautiful. It sounds like, um fried apples with yeah beer basically basically yeah it would be incredible with a dollop of ice cream on top that sounds oh. insane the yes. caramelization that would happen there like sorry Yum. the chef in me is just like mm-hmm. <laughs> i watch a lot of food tv i'm sorry <laughs> okay. i grew up on the food network <laughs> i can picture it i can taste it <laughs> just like i can taste the rosemary in this delicious cocktail oh Mm. it's so good oh it's so good damn Mm. it is um okay let's see so colors of yule i think colors are fun yes and i think it's fun to pick apart the meanings of colors so we're kind of it's important to do that a little bit so red of course obviously yeah red is um a passionate color Mm -hmm. it is um it is the color of your root chakra, which is um, your home, your safety. Like, if that's out of whack, your whole body's out of whack. Oh, my God. That's so cool because everyone is so into buffalo plaid right now and mm-hmm. it's black and red. Yeah. Yeah. And every, I mean, you look at that pattern and you're like, oh, that just looks so cozy. Yeah. And, and red, homey. Yeah. Red yeah. is just very homey. I love so, that. Yeah. Oh! I love when shit comes together. Yes. <laughs> and it's also a complementary color of green, which is the color of evergreen branches. Yeah, green is another color of Yule. And that's oh. that's why. Um, and green is also your heart chakra. And it's very much so a it's home about and, and love and family. and Heart, and then you pull them together. So it comes into heart, uh, heart your love and home and family. And like... Exactly. So I'm going to fucking cry. <laughs> can't handle this i just i love it it's beautiful and then gold of course to honor the holy mm-hmm. um holy spirit whatever it let is let us that you bring him silver and gold let us bring him silver and gold silver is another color of <laughs> silver 
and gold, <laughs> silver and gold. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, white is also another color of Yule. Um, white uh. is just a very, I think it's another bright color, like for the spirit. Well, I mean, purity and snow yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. White is very much a symbol of purity. So. And cleanliness, so yes, which is a synonym for purity. But and, and of course, you know, snow and have yourself uh, have a white Christmas or whatever the fuck the lyrics are that I can't think of right now. Yeah, hold on. And Just may all your Christmases be white. I love that song. I love Elvis I am dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know, where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. The snow. <laughs> I absolutely just watched Home Alone again. <laughs> I love when he's lip singing into the comb. Oh yes. <laughs> and just getting—he's so fucking cute. He I is. can't handle him at all. Um, oh. But yellow is another color of Yule. Really? And okay. Yellow uh, is for your uh, solar plexus chakra. And that is right at your belly button. So that's everything to do with the confidence in yourself, um, wisdom wow. and power in yourself. Um, so it, with um, Yule being a time for um, planning for your own future, um, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. Wow, I need to pull some yellow into my decor. Yes, then. Um, you need to pull um, purple, blue, or sorry, Purple, indigo, light blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. So the entire fucking rainbow. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically the basically the rainbow uh, to help align all your chakras because when your chakras are aligned, your life You're tends aligned. to go a little better. Yeah. Um, I need to align mine a little bit better, actually. Both um, of us probably do. <laughs> yeah, especially right now. Um, but and then. Orange is also a color of Yule, which I didn't know. No, me neither. Um, orange is for your um, sacral chakra, which is sexuality and creativity. So it's also a time of... I know, because you always pull an orange cord w- card when you do a reading for me, Kay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should tell you something. I know what it is. <laughs> um, but I'm just surprised to see that as a color of Yule because I didn't yeah. think that sexuality would be so tied into this, but I guess it makes sense because it it's kind of planning for your future and yeah, planning for the collective future of yeah. everything. So, those- so uh, it's the time to get fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the fucking has begun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The fucking The fucking Fuck that movie. It was a terrible movie, but that line was beautiful and gold. <laughs> silver and gold sorry (laughs) uh so stones of yule which is really cool to get into because i i love stones um stones in your stool no (laughs) (laughs) that was a really bad joke (laughs) uh rubies bloodstones which are beautiful Mm -hmm. yes definitely Um, garnets emeralds and diamonds 
Nice. So those are all of my favorite things. Like I love a beautiful, like clear crystal color and mm. then like gorgeous greens and reds. Like I just love that shit. Yeah. I honestly, like I always go towards, I tend to gravitate towards more of a winter mm-hmm. theme with my decorations. And that might be just selfishness on my part. Cause you know, <laughs> you go with winter decorations and then you can keep them up all winter yes. <laughs> instead of taking everything down at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying having my tree up. I am we, too. We got it. We got it up really early this year and it's just been lovely it just feels so good in the house i got my tree put up early it didn't get decorated until about a week ago right but But it it looks beautiful like i love having it i love it it feels so warm Mm -hmm. and it just feels glowy and yeah i don't know i just feel like there's constantly a cinnamon stick in the drink of my life right now and i love it (laughs) that's awesome which is a great segue into the instance of yule Cinnamon. Cinnamon is definitely one of them. Um, also, pine, cedar, and bayberry. I mean, wonder why pine and cedar would be in there. That's weird. <laughs> it could, it could have, have something nothing. to do with bringing a tree into your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> um, Funny how it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> so, the date of this Sabbath varies from December 20th to December 23rd, depending on the year in the Gregorian calendar. The winter solstice is celebrated at this time in the northern hemisphere, but it is now time to celebrate the summer solstice, which would be Litha, in the southern hemisphere due to the seasonal differences. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So we that should definitely go into Litha as well, because that sounds really cool. Because that's uh, all South Africa and um, Australia and mm-hmm. everything in between. Yeah. 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 Everyone's in like full-fledged summer at Christmas <laughs> down there, Can and they get completely left out. <laughs> Can I just say <laughs> for a second? Yeah. There was a girl that was doing a research paper in my English 299 class, and she uh-huh. wants to write a book about a girl who is totally shedding her Catholic beliefs and is becoming a Wiccan. Okay. Uh oh. What? Is it real bad? Oh, it's bad. Oh, no. Um, so I was. Is she not writing what she knows? No, no, no. Oh. Here's the thing. Okay. When she was in the drafting stages of her research paper, like in this class, we had a, we had a workshop every time we had a part of our paper due. So we would yeah. have an outline due. We would, yeah, yeah, we yeah, would yeah. all do a workshop on it. I love workshopping. It's my favorite. Just like how rehearsal is my favorite yeah. part of a production. <laughs> well, she put up her first part of her draft. And it was one of the ones that I had to go in and mm-hmm. workshop. So I said, hey, before you do this and offend a bunch of people. Oh, fuck. You need to talk to people in town that are Wiccans. And I gave her like the places where she could go to find Wiccans that would be willing to talk to her. Oh, God. Sites that she could use to find real good information as a practicing witch myself. Yeah. Oh, God. Please get this right. Oh, God. It is very important that you get it right. It is not... What you're saying it is, that is the complete opposite. That's not what it is. Oh, my God. What'd she do? Is it so... Okay. <laughs> He's covering her entire face. She finished the paper. You hit your mic. Uh, sorry. I- I'm very upset. I know. She finished the paper, and then we all had to present our papers. She took none of my advice. Oh, my God. None of it. And completely shat all over 
every pagan holiday. What? Yeah, and like didn't pronounce anything correctly. Didn't even try to learn how to pronounce anything correctly. D- didn't even fucking try. And I know that I can't say much because I have a hard time pronouncing it. Yeah. I at least, Iowa. I, I at least try. Yeah. Especially when I am focusing on a religion that is not my own. Yeah. Yeah. And she very much fucked it up. And I'm very scared to see the novel that she tries to write. Because it is going to alienate people further. So if you're doing research on a religion that you know nothing about, please go to actual people that... Did you say anything? Like raise your hand and say something after she presented it? Yes. (laughs) I was like, hey actually pronounced Samhain and that's not what it's about <laughs> like oh it, no. it was so bad and um so oh, no we're gonna have to have a further conversation about this yeah so like just uh, note if you're <laughs> going to write about something you know nothing about please do research by interviewing people of that religion yeah and listening to not, them when they tell you something not just through google <laughs> Because Google sometimes gets it wrong. Yeah. So, um... Because Google's pulling articles. Yeah. <laughs> written by people. That are not always... <laughs> reliable. People. Yeah. I, I am pulling this from a website that I use. Yes. As a practicing witch. Yes. This is what I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with it. That's why I'm presenting it to you this way. Someone else might say it differently. Someone else might completely disagree with me about a lot of the stuff that I do. You're winding me up. What are you going to say? Sorry. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Just do your fucking research. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And for the love of God, try to get it correct. Especially if you're going to present it in a room full of people that know nothing about it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, So, sorry. Sorry Got about you venting out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that tangent. I, it made me really upset. Um, all right. So Yule is when the dark half of the year relinquishes to the light half. Starting the next morning at sunrise. I love that. Yes. It's, this is beautifully written. Like I couldn't have written it Ooh, any better. I love the way that's phrased. Yes. I love the melody of that. Yes. It's poetic. The poetry of it. Yeah. Sorry. Very poetic. Um, starting the next morning at sunrise, the sun climbs just a little higher and stays a little longer in the sky each day. Known as solstice night, or the longest night of the year, the sun's rebirth was celebrated with much joy. On this night, our ancestors... So, sorry, just to interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in reference to the 21st, mm-hmm. um, which is, we know, the shortest day of the year, because we mm-hmm. are glass half empty in this country. Uh, so it's the longest night. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yes just so mm-hmm. everyone knows it's the solstice yeah and it's it, like it normally falls on the 21st but it's between december 20th and yeah 23rd, it's an estimate so. yeah so we generally say that the 21st kind of falls in that window yeah so to speak and then after we after the 21st the days tend to start lengthening uh, lengthening yeah i'm so. celebrating it on the 21st this year but this year it's technically the 22nd but i'm in that well, time frame. yeah so, so it, it's usually pretty close and like everything in nature it fluctuates but of course mm-hmm. it's very poetic in this darkness into lightness because yeah. we've had the day crescendo of the nights getting longer and the days getting shorter and then now we're about to get into the other end and come out the other end yes exactly oh how could that not be i mean you know you think back to those primal times and it's like how could you not see that as a religious experience Mm -hmm. a spiritual awakening of any kind exactly 
it, it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's truly beautiful because I mean, I, I know that you're also also Christian like me, and it's like, how can you not see God in that? Mm-hmm. How could there not be intention behind that design? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm sure that a physicist can explain the movements of the planets and blah, blah, blah. And, and yes, you can explain it, yes. You can explain it, but I think there's intention behind everything. Mm-hmm. And how can we not look at everything around us and see the beauty of the creation mm-hmm. that's surrounding us every day? This earth is beautiful. Yes. And its occurrences are beautiful. And, I mean, you know, we, we experienced an eclipse not too long ago. And yeah. good God in heaven. It was really cool. It was insane. I was so over it, too, by that point. <laughs> like, because everyone was just like, the eclipse, the eclipse, the eclipse. And I was like, oh, my God, fuck off. Like, I don't even care anymore. Josh and I both were just like, no one gives a shit, dude. Like, just people are renting out plots of the yard. Like, all this shit. Yeah. And then, like, we both haven't. Like, he was on the roof of where he worked. I happened to be in my friend Eric and Jessica's yard helping them move. And every everything was quiet. And you've, I mean, the crickets, everything came. It tricked yeah. all of nature into thinking it was night. If you had been in an uncivil, like in a primal society before any kind of civilization, before any kind of organized religion, anything like that, how could you not think? How could you not think that gods were just... Maybe that it was that either moment. a punishment like, or an alignment or a sign of some kind. I yeah. mean, it was insane. Yeah. And beautiful. And and you're right. It was silent. It was silent. Everyone was silent. Everyone, Everyone stopped speaking. Yeah. Everyone for just a moment. And I was in a, I, I was around her mother. Yeah. Who has had experiences with meth and won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Everyone was silent and the crickets and the bugs and the cicadas all woke up and came out for like about a minute and a half or so, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was like, and then it all started back and then it all faded back away again. And it was insane. It was just, it was so cool. It was magic. Yeah. It was fucking magic. Yes, it was science, but science is just magic that we have a name for. Yeah. Truly. Yes. It was magic. And that's what this time of the year where we've gone into the darkness and then come out with more light. It's fucking magic. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, fucking magic. you know that we're not, we're, we're <laughs> Wish not scientists. I could name the episode that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fucking magic. Uh, but you know, it's, it, when, when you just take yourself out of the science of it for a second and no matter what you believe in, Look at our surroundings and use it to draw meaning. Mm-hmm. What's the harm in that? I mean, when it brings beauty into your life. If if it makes you feel like, I don't know, um, if it makes you fucking less depressed. Mm-hmm. It brings magic into your life. And what's the harm in a little magic? Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. I love nature. Mm-hmm. I love the magic that nature brings into our lives and the meaning that it can bring. And because you talk about all of this stuff yeah. and it all matches up. It does. All the dots connect. Like it's just, it, and it's all about this time of year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll shut up. Jesus. Just, oh, it's just no, beautiful. It's, okay. <laughs> it's just, I, I love talking about magic. I'm like energized. We were so tired a minute ago. It, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> And I'm so energized right yeah. now. Yes. And like with with We're magic, passionate about it. Yeah. Sorry. Like <laughs> magic to me is energy work. That's all it is. 
And scientists have found a way to harness energy into a, into something that we can use. Mm-hmm. What people who practice the same kind of witchcraft that I do, what we're doing is we're taking the energy that's already there mm-hmm. and moving it into something that is bright and lovely and something that is healing. Um, that's what it's all about. It's mm-hmm. healing is what it is. We're healing with what we have. And you're pulling the, the energy that already exists all around us. Yeah. And just tap into it. It's oh, so cool if you just so let yourself. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like so jazzed right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, oh. it's, this is, this it's like feels I'm feeling like a worship the flow. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's so good. I love it. Um, so it really does. You're yeah. right. Mm. <laughs> so on this night, our ancestors anymore. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. On this night. <laughs> on this night, our ancestors celebrated the rebirth of the Oak King, the Sun King, the giver of life that warmed the frozen earth. From this day forward, the days will become longer. I love that. Isn't this beautifully written? Yes, I want that on a fucking needlepoint. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, let me That'll be my Christmas pillow. <laughs> so And it's three kings. Look at that. Yeah. We three kings of Orient are. Mm-hmm. Bearing gifts, we travel so far. <laughs> I love that song. Um, bonfires were lit in the fields, and crops and trees were assailed with toasts of spiced cider. Here we come, a wassailing upon the leaves so green. <laughs> <laughs> Children were escorted from house to house with gifts of cloves, spiked apples, and oranges, which were laid in spiked baskets. Spiked apples? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone was naughty. Oh, yes. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> uh, Wassling was outlawed at one point. Did you know that? No. Because mm-hmm. you can't give booze to children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes, it's bad. But it's also delicious. Yes. Delicious. <laughs> um, uh, these apples and oranges, which were laid in baskets of evergreen boughs and wheat stalks dusted with flour. Mm, interesting. Yeah. The apples and oranges represented the sun. The boughs were symbolic of immortality. Evergreens were sacred to the Celts because they did not die, thereby mm-hmm. representing the eternal aspect of the divine. Yes. That I did know because I have Celtic an- ancestry. So I've Which is really research. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wheat stalks portrayed the harvest and the flower was accomplishment of triumph, light, and life. Holly and Ivy not only decorated the outside, but also the inside of homes in hopes nature sprites would come and join the celebration. Oh, I love it so much. I do too. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a fuck about Santa? That's awesome. Yeah, this is so much cooler. <laughs> oh. A sprig of holly was kept near the door all year long as a constant invitation for good fortune to visit the residents. Mistletoe was also hung as decoration. It represented the seed of the divine, and at midwinter, the druids would travel deep into the forest to harvest it. <gasps> that makes me so happy! Right? Because I had um, mistletoe blooms at a weird time of year, actually. Mm-hmm. It's actually like midsummerish time that it blooms. Yeah. And so um, it actually naturally occurs in a tree mm-hmm. that my grandparents have in South Carolina Ooh. outside their house. And so my grandmother cut like natural growing mistletoe. Aww. And that's what I hung on our wedding arch. Aww. Because I, I felt a connection to that mm-hmm. and I felt meaning in that connection and it's beautiful that you just said that because i know that there was true meaning and like true divine 
a, a touch of the divine in that. And I think that's very beautiful. I think the divine is in everything. Everything I, I mean, nature-based just, like that. I mean, why would it grow on just that one tree? Yeah. She told me about that and I was like, what? Because <laughs> she knew what to tell me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, bring your mistletoe. It was beautiful. It had those beautiful white berries on it. Oh. oh, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. And you can't really see it in my wedding pictures, but I know it's there and he knew it was there. And that's all that mattered. And it came from a tree in our family's yard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just infused with that. Sorry, I am feeling the flow oh, right it's now. Okay. Like, like, I, I it just, makes me so happy. Oh, I'm always so happy to talk with someone who <gasps> believes the same way that I do. This and is so I, jazzing. Like, <laughs> and I will just we're say. We're like channeling the spirit yes. of, the, <laughs> of the year. Yes. <laughs> and I will just say, um, as as a person who grew up Christian, I already Maybe grew, it's the sugar. <laughs> I already grew up believing that God was in everything and everything was God. And I just, we're both pretty pantheistic that way. Yeah. Yeah. I can just, I see God in everything. Mm -hmm. There is not a moment of the day that I do not think a spirit of some form, whether it's God, whether it's a guardian angel, whether it's one of my spirit guides is not there with me saying, Hey, Maybe this isn't the food that you need to be eating. Or hey, <laughs> hey, you don't need the Christmas Carol cookie, yeah, or um, ice cream yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called that has three different types of cookie dough in it. Yeah, shut up. As delicious as it sounds, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! Like don't I even, don't need the whole thing. Don't even play, but, but it's like, one of those things where like you can look at a desk and see the wood that it was made of, and since the lumberjack that cut it down and the the craftsman that made it into the beautiful thing that it how can we not see god in those yeah. things you know and i mean and that's not to shit on people who are, who don't believe in god no. but you can see the work of the universe there yeah you know we we can appreciate the beauty of something whether you see god in it or not whether you see the universe whether you just see the beauty for what it is but you can appreciate the craftsmanship and the beauty and just let people appreciate things. yeah it's <laughs> just let people appreciate things you can see what it is you can oh you know you touch it and you're just like oh man the skill it must have taken yeah. to oh it's just i love it i love it so now we're gonna get into the yule log <laughs> And I'm going to, I have a little bit more history behind it okay. um, about like how, it, how our Yule Logs today came to be uh, and like how it came from the pagan rituals to the Christian rituals. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. I'm really excited. I love this shit. Me too. That's why I have a Triquatra tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get my witchy tattoo. I'm going to have my, my, my mom is drawing spiral, it. The whole nine yards, which is like a. We'll have to have a whole episode where we talk about our tattoos and the symbolism, but like, oh God. My mom is drawing my witch tattoo and I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a huge leg piece and I'm just, Yay! I love it. So um, the ceremonial Yule log was the highlight of the solstice festival. In accordance to tradition, the log must either have been harvested from the householder's land or given as a gift. It must never have been bought. Once dragged into the house and placed oh, in the fireplace. interesting. Because mm-hmm. I think you can buy them. Yeah, you can, but you're not supposed to. You're, you're not supposed, supposed to, to get it to give to someone else. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's kind of like a fortune cookie. Sorry, but not really at all. Sorry. It's also, you're supposed to give a fortune cookie to someone. You're not supposed to just pick up your own fortune. <laughs> a lot of people. That was a really weak analogy. <laughs> Oh, fuck. A lot of a lot of witches thought that way about tarot cards. A lot still do. Um, mm-hmm. I buy my own tarot cards, especially since like 
I'm the first in my family to actually use them. I'm not yeah. the first in my family to be a witch, but I am the first to actually use uh, divination tools like that. Um, and I like I get them not only to and use myself, but results. to pass out. Yeah, yeah. pass down. Um, so once dragged into the house and placed in the fireplace, it was decorated in seasonal greenery, doused with cider or ale, and dusted with flour before set ablaze by a piece of last year's log, held onto for just this purpose. Oh, I love that. I wish I had a fucking fireplace. As soon as I get a house with a fireplace, I'm fucking doing this. Yes, absolutely. This is beautiful. Right? Because you preserve a piece of it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> it's okay. The log. It's just so cool. I know. I, can't. I know. We're both so excited. I knew this would happen. I should be coloring. I can't. <laughs> the log would burn throughout the night and smolder for 12 days after being ceremoniously put out. Ash is the traditional wood of the Yule log. It is the sacred world tree of the... Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Teutons? Spell it. T-E-U-T-O-N-S. Teutons? T-E-U? Teutons? Let's look it up. Keep talking. I'll um, look it up. So it's an herb of the sun. Ash brings light into the hearth of, at the solstice. Um, a different type of Yule log. T e sorry. T e u t o n s t o n s. Okay. All right. Go on. Okay. So a different type of Yule log, and perhaps the one more suitable for modern practitioners would be the Teuton. Teuton. Okay. Sorry, I found the uh, the the code. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fuck, what's it called? The pronunciation key. Yes. yes. <laughs> but the um linguistic I don't fucking remember. Sorry. It's not like I, you know, majored in the damn thing. <laughs> um a different type of Yule log and perhaps one more suitable for modern practitioners would be the type that is used as a base to hold three candles. Find a smaller branch of oak or pine and flatten one side so it sets up right. Drill three holes in the top side to hold red, green, and white, um, green, gold, and black, or white, red, and black candles. Continue to decorate with the greenery, red and gold bows, rosebuds, cloves, and dust with flour. I love cloves. They they smell incredible when you light them over. Right. Um, Many customs created around (laughs) Yule are... Everyone who smoked a clove cigarette is like... (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Sorry. (laughs) Many customs created around Yule are identified with Christmas today. If you decorate your home with a Yule tree, holly, or candles, you are following some of these old traditions. The Yule log is burned in the fire to symbolize the newborn S-U-N or S-O-N. You know, they still do that a lot in England. Mm. That doesn't surprise me. Because that's where the origins kind of are. Really, because it's very Celtic (laughs) and Druidic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so are you ready for the delicious history of the Yule Log? Ah, there's more? Yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. Tell me everything. <laughs> this is from Stephanie Butler at History.com. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. Christmas is almost here and tis the season for rich food traditions. Woo, food! <laughs> yeah, we're getting into food. <laughs> um, be it cookies and milk under the tree for Santa, candy canes or figgy puddings, it's hard to think of a Christmas ritual that isn't tied to food. And, like, my, my own Christmas, like, when I celebrate with my mother, we um, we do a snack night on Christmas Eve when we open all oh, our we presents. we do that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we usually do it, usually we do it Christmas Day, but um, with, with our family changing and growing and all of that, it, it, 
it it's going to be different this year. But usually on Christmas Day, we drive up to my parents' house and then my mom puts out like a a snack spread and then we have a big Christmas dinner mm-hmm. all together. It used to just be snacks mm-hmm. like back in the day, but it has since changed into a big dinner that we all have together. See, yeah. we we only do filling snacks on Christmas Eve like and heavy appetizers, appetizers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then um, we. We eat those on Christmas Eve and open presents, and then Christmas Day, we normally do a dinner or a breakfast. Are you okay? They're very tart. Yeah, they are. Uh, the first one I had was very good, and these are very tart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I ate my cranberry garnish, and I'm like... <laughs> and she's not loving it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And this comes from some. I drink unsweetened cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do the actual berry. I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, um, there was a texture happening, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first one was great. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. nope. <laughs> um. <laughs> But then on Christmas Day, we normally do, like, a dinner or a breakfast together. Yeah, um, we do a big breakfast, and, yeah. we it, Well, it used to be a big breakfast, and then heavy appetizers at night, because my cousins and my aunt and uncle would come over, and we would, like, pull out our presents, and, like, or they would bring their new video game or something. Like, oh, that's and we awesome. And we would, we would enjoy our presents together, pretty much. Um, my aunt would... And since, like I said, it's changed into a big dinner that night. So When I was younger, I would always like stay the night with my grandmother after Christmas Eve, and my aunt would still be there, and she'd make us a big breakfast. Like mm-hmm. She'd make gravy from scratch, and it was just, it was really cool. But like now my mom and I, like we, we've made our own little tradition. I love that. Yeah, like we normally See, go that's what I was to about Waffle to say, House. too. So yeah, you say your thing. So. Yeah, <laughs> we normally like, we'll go grab something from Waffle House and bring it to the house and eat together, like before I have to go to work and... Um, that's Christmas day for me. Mm-hmm. So, so my parents and I, we used to, and my brother, of course, sorry. We used to always open one present on Christmas Eve. Um, and it was usually new PJs, uh, to wear the next morning, you know, to sleep in. And then the next morning while we opened and my mom would always make a breakfast casserole ahead of time. And then she would make the Pillsbury cinnamon rolls with the orange frosting mm, that are incredible. Mm. So I, that is part of the tradition that I have carried over to where we don't usually have enough presents to really open something on Christmas Eve, but we do this year because I have planned it nice. and I'm really excited. So um, I'm going to make a breakfast, but it, I like to do the breakfast casserole because it's something that I can make ahead of time, mm-hmm. especially this year because Christmas falls on a fucking Wednesday. So, and I work for fascists, so I have to work half a day on Christmas Eve. Uh, and no. uh, yeah, girl. Yep. You yep. shouldn't I work, have to work on Christmas Eve. I work the 23rd half a day on Christmas Eve and the 26th and the rest of the week. Yep. It's great. So that's happening. And Why are you um, even open on Christmas Eve? We shouldn't be. No one's, we're not going to do anything, but whatever. It's not a big deal. We're not, we're, we're in a great place and I'm not going to vent about the place I work. So, but this year it's great because I can make something ahead of time and like you know on monday night or something like that mm-hmm. and put it in the fridge and then i can pull that out yeah and just stick it in the oven and we can have a really nice breakfast and then do our presents together that's something that i've carried over and those orange cinnamon rolls have changed my husband's life Aww. let me tell you and he tries to pull them out throughout the rest of the year and i'm like no they are only for christmas yeah 
They're only for Christmas because they're special. Yeah. And well, I did do I did do that for Thanksgiving this year because we didn't travel or go anywhere mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. So I made us a nice breakfast yeah. and I used those our special cinnamon rolls. Oh, and awesome. so we do that. And I'm ju- I'm trying to find a good like meshing mm-hmm. of both of our traditions. So very nice. Yeah. There's a tradition that I've seen going around um, online for a few years now, and I really love the idea. It's like this little like box that the kids get to open on Christmas Eve, and it's got a pair of PJs. It's got popcorn, their favorite candy, and um, a new movie. That the oh, whole that's awesome! Watches and then together. everybody can watch a movie together. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. We used to read the night before Christmas. Aww. on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's cute. all together. I can't wait to have a kid and bring that tradition back because. There's no sense in doing that with the two of us. Yeah, no. No, but, yeah. My my I'm mom excited. and I also watch scary movies after we've opened our presents. I bet you Eve. do. That's our. That's just become our holiday scary thing. Christmas. Yeah. See, I really want to have an... Uh, I'm excited to get to a house that's a little bit bigger so that we can have more than one Christmas tree because I really want to do a spooky Christmas tree in our bedroom. Aww. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, because I was putting a Christmas tree in my bedroom. I am dark and twisted. <laughs> there's no space for a oh, Christmas yeah, tree no. in our bedroom. <laughs> there's not one in mine anymore. There's not. A, there's not space for me, Josh, and the dog in our bedroom. <laughs> like, let's be real. So, but yeah. Oh, I'm excited. That was fun. Yeah, sorry about our interjection with our Christmas well, no, traditions. No, but I we're think... not sorry. We need. We said we were gonna share our traditions. Yeah. So that was the perfect segue. It was. So now I'm going to talk about a cake because we both have a little bit of I a love cake. I love cake. I love cake. So oh. <laughs> um, tell me about cake. All right. Let them eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> what proper bakery would go through a holiday season without a giant, delicate Yule log in the front case? <gasps> None is None. the answer. <laughs> and it's funny that you brought up Marie Antoinette. Because the Yule log cake, or Bouche de Noël, for French speakers. Bouche de Noël. Bouche. I have French in, in me, and I have I know no French. So, my mom spoke French. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I could see that. She took a useless language like French in college in high school. Um, Like my husband. (laughs) (laughs) The Yule Log Cake is an elaborate creation consisting of a rolled, filled sponge cake, frosted with chocolate buttercream to look like tree bark, and festooned with marine... uh, Meringue mushrooms? Meringue. Meringue. I can't read. No, you're fine. They're they're cookies. (laughs) Um, Marzipan holly springs, sponge sugar cobwebs, and any other sort of edible decoration. Yeah, they're incredible. They are. So I will say this, because I was just at Walmart today doing a ton of uh, grocery shopping. Not today. Yesterday, doing a ton of grocery shopping. And fuck grocery shopping at the holidays. Uh Oh, my God. It's still insane at Walmart. It's like Black Friday never fucking ended. Yeah. It was insane. But I will say this. If you live in a rural area like me, you can still find um, rolls mm-hmm. like this, cake rolls like this, and then you can get the supplies you need and decorate it the way that you want. Yeah. So you can get a pre-made log because this is actually very difficult to do, mm-hmm. and you can split your sponge and all that stuff. If anyone watches the Great British Baking Show, you know what can go wrong. So you can definitely get, I think they're chocolate. They might be pumpkin. Uh, it might be, you know, they might they might have both. But my Walmart, I definitely saw out of the corner of my eye, I saw a whole fridge full of them. Oh, wow. So, and, and you know, Christmas at, at Halloween, Thanksgiving time, they, they definitely had pumpkin ones, like, mm-hmm. in a tiny little, like, 
middle, the middle freezers. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like out in the middle of the little like islands or whatever. Yeah. But now they've got like a full one. Oh, that's awesome. Like a full door one. Wow. Filled with rolls. So you can get one of those and then you can go over to the baking aisle and get all your shit and then like customize it the way you want. And Aww. that's super cool. My so. friend is home making us one. Yeah, I know. That's insane. <laughs> and I mean, she... She's done an amazing job. She made a, she made a little practice one and like she homemade whipped cream for it and like one of the girls in our little group doesn't like um chocolate so we're doing strawberry instead. You're doing strawberries and cream. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to it's going to be so great. I cannot wait. She sent me a but picture and I was like, "I want it now." <laughs> it's so cool that you're going to yeah. get the marzipan which has, you know, it's like almondy mm. and then you you're going to get the the caramel cage which is sugary and yeah. and caramelized or whatever. And then you've also got what else did you say? The meringue which mm-hmm. is light and marshmallowy and yeah. like it's just there's a lot of textures and a lot of flavors and it's super Super elaborate and pretty, and yeah. I just I love it. It's so cool. All right, so are you ready for the history? Yeah. The history of the Yule log cake stretches all the way back to Europe's Iron Age before the medieval era. Back then, really? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> back then, I'm geeking out so hard. <laughs> the Celtic Brits and Brits and Gaelic Europeans would gather to welcome the winter solstice at December's end. People would feast to celebrate the days finally becoming longer, signaling the end of the winter season, like I said. Yes! To cleanse the air of the previous year's events and to usher in the spring, families would burn logs decorated with holly, pine cones, or ivy. Wine. So then you recreate that in your cake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just so cool. Yeah. Um, I love that they anoint it with booze, too. Oh, yeah. Booze will light on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wine and salt were also often used to anoint the logs. Once burned, the log's ashes were valuable treasures said to have medicinal benefits and to guard against evil. Some groups claimed the ashes would protect the bearer from lightning, an important quality at a time when houses and most of the contents in them were made of wood. Oh my god, I cannot wait to have a fucking fireplace. I know. And preserve that ash. That is so cool. (laughs) Isn't that neat? There's power, because when you infuse meaning Mm -hmm. and belief... And you direct your energy into something like that. That's just beautiful. It's all about intent. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) With the advent of Christianity, the Yule log tradition continued, albeit on a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Families may have burned a log on Christmas Eve, but smaller hearths became the norm, so huge logs were impractical. I mean, that's fair, (laughs) though. Like, yeah. (laughs) Those smallers, however, were perfect for baking cakes. We don't know who exactly made the first Yule log cake, but judging from the individual ingredients, it could have been as early as the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Marzipan and meringue decorations, two of the most popular choices for Yule logs, appeared on many a medieval table. Yes. Sponge cake, which often constitutes the base of the log, is one of the oldest cakes still made today. It dates back to at least 1615, when the mm-hmm. first known recipe appeared in the Gervais Markham's tome, The English Housewife. Yes. So, uh, and it predates that. Yeah. Because someone decided to write it down, but that doesn't mean it wasn't being made. No, no, it does predate that by years. Absolutely. Yeah. It's insane. It's so cool. Oh, because who sat down and was like, let's make this thing and see what happens. Like, oh God, I love food (laughs) and what it says about our culture. Yeah. Uh, That's how you learn a culture is by eating their food. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Oh, oh. I love Christmas. <laughs> Parisian bakers popularized the cake in the 19th century, and different bakeries became known for their more elaborate decorations. Nowadays, few people make Yule logs at home, but that doesn't mean you should pass up a slice in favor of apple pie or a second helping of mashed potatoes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your Yule log and think of the hundreds of years You know what? Of Put your mashed potatoes it. on your apple pie. You do you. I don't know about all that. No, that would be disgusting. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's not the same as ice cream. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it looks the same. It, it, it's, but it's not. It's not. But it is equally delicious. <laughs> but don't forget about the hundreds of years of history behind this holiday. Absolutely. It was around before Christ. It'll be around after. It's still around after Christ. Um, it's insane. It's, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah, you're welcome. Because I am so excited now to move to a new house that has a fireplace and to bring all these traditions back to life with hopefully my future child and, you know, burn the log, save the ash. Use that in cleansings. Use it in cleansings. Yeah. And, you, you know, like there, there's so much meat and then, you know, recreate it in a cake and how much fun that would be to do together, oh, yeah. you know. And, and it would be kind of like decorating a gingerbread house together, exactly. which is very hard. Which is more, but this it's would be more, fun. This would be more fun. Yeah. The, the gingerbread houses are fucking hard. Yeah, they just <laughs> make me angry. They serve yes. to make me angry. And then it's a waste because your gingerbread gets stale because yeah. you leave it out because it was hard to make. So you don't want to eat it. Yeah. And this you actually want to eat. And yeah. this would be... And you can take pictures of it on Facebook and then eat yes, it. Yes. Yes. I'm really excited. This is so amazing. We need to make a Yule log cake together next year. Yes, we do. And we need to burn a log together because, uh, oh my God, it's going to be so beautiful. I'm just so excited. This was so incredible. I'm so jazzed and energized. <laughs> I know my segment was really long, but I had no, a lot of No, it wasn't. Fun. You were perfect. Okay. You were absolutely perfect. Okay. Even with all of our tangents and interjections, like that was perfect. So I'm really excited. Yay. I just thought Yay, those articles Christmas. were perfect. And oh, it was yeah. all perfect. Yeah. You did an amazing job. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I'm excited for yours. Let's take a break. <laughs> anyway, hi, hi we're Lydia. back. Um, we are okay. both trying something for the first time. Something new. Uh, I mean, we were trying the other cocktail for the first time, too, but mm -hmm. that was a Pinterest novelty that we yeah. <laughs> figured out. So this is a tradition, a traditional drink that neither of us have ever had. Yeah. I haven't even had it in its virgin form. No, this me neither. This is adult. This is very adult. Um, so we are trying eggnog for the first time, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard about eggnog for years, never yes. had it. So we used the Southern Comfort brand mm -hmm. of eggnog um, from, you know, the store. And then um, <laughs> on Pinterest, I saw that you're supposed to add two ounces of whatever liquor you add, and it can be either rum or bourbon. And of course, we had Love bourbon it. on rum ham. Would be good too. Yeah, like we had coconut rum or or spiced. I would think mm -hmm. spiced would probably work best with this. Um, but we went with bourbon because that's kind of our go-to mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we're from fucking Kentucky. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we added two ounces of Lexington bourbon cause that's our favorite one and then sprinkled the top with nutmeg and we're going to see how this goes. Oh my God. I'm so nervous. Oh my God. Me too. My expectations are so high. <laughs> oh, it smells so good. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. I bet it would be even good even without the bourbon. I just, I'm weeping. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how this would be warm? It's so good. 
can you imagine? How Why did I deprive myself? Yes. Why did I deprive myself of this for so <laughs> long? <laughs> I always thought, oh, that'll be gross. Oh my god, it's so good. Mm. Especially with the nutmeg on top. Like, I want to put some cinnamon on there too. Oh, yes. Yes, it is a traditional Yule. It is so good. It's yum. Guys, we're so happy. I'm it's so, so happy. I have Christmas coming out of my eyes and my ears and Aww. my fucking butt. Like, it's so good. Oh my god. Okay, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's so delicious. I'm so happy with like, this. Like, the sweetness yeah. of the bourbon mixes with whatever the fuck is in the eggnog drink, and then it meshes with those spices, and it's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's just gorgeous. I'm a little bit afraid of this. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. I mean, this beats the pants off of apple cider and bourbon. Like, this is delicious. <laughs> this is definitely Christmas drink. <sighs> wow. What have we done to ourselves? <laughs> And it's so pretty. It's so Ooh. pretty and so simple. That's easy. Like this is so easy. This was so easy. You just mm -hmm. put two ounces of bourbon in your glass. It and was then... no near nowhere near the cranberries. Oh we had to fucking God. meddle for. <laughs> that was <laughs> so much. Oh, anything you have to muddle, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. This is delicious. Mm -hmm. <sighs> wow. It makes me feel warm all the way down to my toes. And I felt like I was in Narnia when I just said that. This in a crock pot mm. for a day. Oh, stop. Oh. <laughs> oh, stop. It's pleasantly sweet. It's not yeah. overpowered. Like the, the sweetness, you can taste the sweetness of the bourbon in there mm. for sure. But it's not overpowering. It's really well balanced. Oh, my God. Oh, like I told you, I had one of those holiday pies from mm -hmm. McDonald's. And it was a little sweet for me. I liked it, but it was just a little bit too sweet. This tastes like that if it weren't that sweet. Yeah, if it was balanced a little bit. If it had yeah. some booze in it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. Oh, my God. My oh, wow. mind is blown. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. Why did we not have this ever? What is wrong I'll with tell us? you why. Because my mom has always been like, eggnog's gross. <laughs> I'm bringing a fucking thing of eggnog to Christmas this year. And your Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, yeah, and my Lexington bourbon and some nutmeg, and we're going to make some mold wine, too. And oh, man, it's going to be Christmassy as fuck. <laughs> Before my family went entirely to hell, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I think I was 19, and I brought sangria, like a, a virgin sangria mm -hmm. to our Christmas, and like I was trying to introduce maybe having alcohol at Christmas is... Because it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we needed that to all be together. And, um, <laughs> uh, tolerate each other. Yeah. But my mom and I managed to do just fine tolerating each other without alcohol, but this would make it. This much is amazing. Better. Okay. You need to expose Karen to this. Oh, yes. She's going to be all about it. Mm -hmm. It tastes kind of like a. She's going to smack me. And like a be sweet. Like, be like, give me more. It's like a custardy cinnamon roll. Like, mm -hmm. oh, Jesus. We have been creaming our pants about this for the past <sighs> 20 minutes. You guys, I'm so happy. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm so happy. I, I can't even. I, ha I don't have words. How have I lived in Christmas without this in my life? <laughs> I'm so upset. You should make Josh try it. You know quick. what? As soon as I... 
I will. I, I should. You're correct. Um, I'm going to go do that real fast. But you know what? As soon as eggnog is released next year, I'm fucking buying it. I'm yep. going to get the quart because <laughs> this is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's all right. That's what he says about everything. <laughs> it's, all it's all right. right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's so good. It is. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. Well, we're not talking to you about eggnog right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Uh, we are going to talk about how Christmas became the Christmas that we kind of, that we know and love today. Yeah. So, um, to do that, we have to go back a little ways. So, we have to go back to Victorian times. So, not quite as far back as Carrie was. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but we're going to go back to Victorian times. Um, so, believe it or not, um, so I got um, most of, I got my information from BBC. Okay. BBC.co.uk slash Victorian Christmas slash history um <laughs> and then um another thing from time.com which is of course my own little obsession that we're gonna get into here <laughs> in a second so um i just want to set the scene for a second um as to what things were more than 176 years ago mm-hmm. um what things were like and how christmas was actually celebrated slash not celebrated yeah um so let me just start by reading the beginning of this little article. So, um, it's hard to imagine now, but at the beginning of the 19th century, Christmas was hardly celebrated. Yeah, it wasn't really widely celebrated until Charles Dickens. Thanks, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we talked about that already. I know, that's fair. But still, (laughs) many businesses did not even consider it a holiday. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. However, by the end of the century, it had become the biggest annual celebration and took on the form that we recognize today. The transformation happened quickly, and it came from all sectors of society. Mm-hmm. All right. So, many attribute the change to Queen Victoria, and it was her marriage to the German-born Prince Albert that introduced some of the most, imp- the most prominent aspects of Christmas. In 1848, the Illustrated London News published a drawing of the royal family celebrating a decorated Christmas tree, celebrating around a decorated Christmas tree, a tradition that was reminiscent of Prince Albert's childhood in Germany. Because, um, you know, Germans were very big on the, on the trees mm-hmm. still. Um, soon, every home in Britain had a tree bedecked with candles, sweets, fruit, homemade decorations, and small gifts. Um, and then there's a whole lot more that goes into this, but really, I just wanted to kind of set the scene that Christmas wasn't really what it was, what it is to, it's not the big industry. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you know uh, how everything comes out in like October now and all of that stuff. Like nobody was like that. Nobody, it wasn't really, it was like, okay, exchange like one gift a person. And it was very, very modest. And that's a lot to do with how the industrial times were and how, poor people a lot of the population was there is a country that instead of like doing a shit ton of gifts they their tradition is giving their family members books oh and I they love all that. read them uh, I'm we did that to- for a long time in my family with um a portion of our family we just exchanged books mm-hmm. which is pretty cool um so um let me jump over to my other source real quick um, so this is something that, this is an article written by John, I want to say brioche, but that's not correct. Brioche? It's Iceland. Sorry. Oh, Iceland does that. That's Iceland. so cool. I yeah. love Iceland. I mm-hmm. want to go there so bad. They have the coolest fucking stories. Yeah. 
in the coolest names. Yeah. It's all like Eric, son of the son of the king of tigers or whatever the <laughs> fuck. Like it's so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, okay. Ooh, that eggnog is going to me. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So let's set the scene. Okay. For a minute here. So we know that Christmas isn't really being celebrated. We know that Queen Victoria has married a German and things are kind of starting to, mm-hmm. but that's really among the wealthier class. So let's yeah. dive in for just a second. Okay. We're going to travel back in time 176 years ago. Aww. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I might cry. Okay. We've been so excited. You guys know it's, it's fun Ugh. to do Christmas specials. I'm so feeling this Christmas special, you guys. <laughs> I'm just so excited. <gasps> okay. I'm feeling the energy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After a particularly bleak year, millions in the English-speaking world and beyond will seek some comfort by watching a, con- a converted miser in a night shift skipping about light as a feather. Whoop! Hello! What's today, my fine fellow? <laughs> Published 176 years ago this month. This month. Oh, wow. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was an instant bestseller. Followed by countless print, stage, and screen productions. How many versions of that fucking movie? <laughs> like, there I mean, are let's three see. in my store. So like, many. There's yeah. so many. And it never gets old. Mm-hmm. It's timeless because it hits us where it, where it matters most. Yeah. It hits on our fears. Of what we can take with us, our past, and what we can't take with us. Exactly. And what we should be doing with the wealth we have, be it little or be it huge. Yes. And it appeals to everyone. And I might cry in just a second. Sorry. Okay. Please don't cry. I can't help it. It'll be of joy. <laughs> Victorians called it, quote unquote, a new gospel. And reading it or watching it became a sacred ritual for many, without which the Christmas season cannot materialize. But A Christmas Carol's seemingly timeless transcendence hides the fact that it was very much the product of a particular moment in history. Its author, meaning to weigh in on specific issues of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Dickens first conceived of his project as a pamphlet, which he planned on, on, on calling an appeal of the people to England on behalf of the poor man's child. Oh, wow. You know, that shit was never brief. Yeah, no. <laughs> so if anybody knows anything about history, people were publishing pamphlets. So it's kind of like posting your political views as a Facebook status. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and then circulating it around and then people would respond. It, would, it was kind of like the uh, historical Twitter battle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. That's perfect. So, yeah. For real. And. Um, sorry. Needed more whiskey. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Mm. It just makes me want to dance. Okay. So, but in less than a week of thinking about it, he decided instead to embody his arguments in a story with a main character of pitiable depth. So much depth we find in Scrooge, you guys. Mm-hmm. So what might have been polemic... I don't know these words, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so what might have been a polemic to harangue... <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, instead became a story for which audiences hungered. Oh. 
Dickens set out to write his pamphlet-turned-book in spring of 1843, having just read government re- a government report on child labor in the United Kingdom. Ooh. And if anyone knows anything about Dickens, you know that he writes a lot about the poor houses. He writes a lot about things to expose that part that the wealthy the wealthy people were ignoring mm-hmm. about the poor houses about the work houses and the pitiable conditions and about people who rose up from that and also about people of wealth reaching out and helping those in need that was that was his big kind of overarching theme and um but mainly it was a big comment he was a big proponent of political commentary in that way mm-hmm. so um, he definitely wanted to expose the plight of the poor. Yeah, in a lot of his a lot of his novels, um, he was not afraid of the dark side. You know, he yeah, was not no. afraid of that hairy underbelly, as some of our <laughs> favorite podcasters say. Um, so, um, so the report the report took the form of a compilation of interviews with children compiled by a journalist friend of Dickens that detailed their crushing labors. Oh. Um, so this is where we're talking about, you know, like those sewing factories where you could like lose a finger and either everyone's covered in soot and all of that horrible stuff. So, yeah. So Dickens read the testimony of girls who sewed dresses for the expanding market of middle class consumers. They regularly worked. Oh, my God. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. We were just talking about toxic work environments. Oh, God. They regularly worked 16 hours a day. Jesus. Six, six days a week. Rooming, like Martha Cratchit, above the factory floor. Oh, my God. And she had fucking children. Yeah. He read of eight-year-old children who dragged coal carts through tiny subterranean passages over a standard 11-hour workday. These were not exceptional stories, but ordinary. Mm-hmm. Dickens wrote to one of the government investigators that he, oh, sorry, that the descriptions left him stricken. Yeah, I'm sure that they did. Yeah, because this was not talked about, you guys. It was something that everyone in the poor class knew and something that the wealthy completely ignored because mm-hmm. their kids weren't the ones that ha- that were having to yes work. and they were getting the paychecks yep anything to make an extra cent this new brutal reality of child labor was the result of revolutionary changes in British British society. The population of England had grown 64% between Dickinson's birth in 1812 and the year of the child labor report. Workers were leaving the countryside to crowd into new manufacturing centers and cities. Meanwhile, there was a revolution in the way goods were manufactured. Cottage industry was upended by a trend towards workers serving as unskilled cogs, laboring in the precursor of the assembly line, hammering the same nail or gluing the same piece. As an 11-year-old, Dickens had to do that. Oh. Hour after hour, day after day. Lord almighty. I know, it's really sad. Couldn't imagine doing that children's And it's all powered by coal, so everyone's covered in dirt. Yeah, and and their lungs are... And the smog and the, oh, God. And that's why, like, everything's, um, there's been a lot of preservation in England and a lot of other areas to scrub all of that off and Mm. renew and restore the buildings because Mm. it was so bad you couldn't breathe. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. More and more, employers 
employers thought of their workers as tools, as interchangeable as any nail or glue pot. Workers were becoming like commodities, not individual humans and mere resources. Their value measured to the hay penny. But how many nails could they hammer in an hour? But in a time of dearth? A time of dearth? A time of dearth. That word is familiar and I'm too drunk to figure it out right now. Hold on. it out. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah, a scarcity or lack of something. Oh, thank you. Okay, so in a time of dearth. <laughs> <laughs> in a time of lack of something. Yes, of lacking. <laughs> the 1840s earned the nickname the Hungry 40s. The poor took what they could arrange. And who worked for the lowest wages? Children. Popular theories about how or whether to help the poor often made things worse. The first was the widespread sense that poor people tended to be so because they were lazy and immoral, which oh is not fucking true. No. Especially with the way the class system was at that time. I mean, you just couldn't. You couldn't break through. Um, and that helping them would only encourage their malingering. This is the culture that we were in before Christmas became the time of giving. Like, mm-hmm. just think of this. This is the mindset yep. that Dickens was writing in, and he was seeing all of this. And now we have all these things like Toys for Tots and... Angel Trees. Yeah. The Salvation Army, but no. And um, Angel Trees, it's actually been a really big deal this year because people have not been giving. Like That's really sad. There's, an, there's still a tree full of angels in Bowling Green. That have not that been. surprise me. Yeah. If we were, to, if they were to be helped, it should be under conditions so awful as to discourage people from seeking that help. Mm-hmm. The new workhouses were seen as the perfect solution, where families were split up, food was minimal, and work was painful. Quote, those who are badly off, unquote, says the unreformed Scrooge, quote, must go there. Unquote. Associated with this concept were the ideas of Rever- of the Reverend Thomas Mathus Malthus, who cautioned against intervening when people were hungry because it would only lead to an untenable population size. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not someone Again, you want being a reverend. We're still setting the scene here. Yeah. Better that the poor should starve and thus quote decrease the surplus population oh unquote if dickens found these solutions cruel what did he offer friedrich Engels read the same report on child labor that dickens did and with his collaborator karl marx envisioned an eventual revolution dickens was very much an anti-revolutionary in fact he implied that revolutionary was the fearsome consequence of not solving the problem some other way mm-hmm. quote this boy is ignorance, with a capital I, by the way. This girl is want. Beware them both, and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see that written which is doom, unless the writing be erased. I'm going to let that sink in, because that was beautiful. Thomas Paine in the foregoing generation had argued in rights of man for a kind of system of welfare mm-hmm. including tax credits for helping raising chi- for help raising children old age pensions and national disability insurance wow but yeah thomas paine was like oh, a- ahead badass. of his time yeah. yeah 
always ahead of his time, yes. Um, but Dickens wasn't a quote-unquote systems thinker, nor was he a proto-socialist. Yet, what Dickens did propose in A Christmas Carol, which he scribbled out in less than two months. Oh, wow. In the fall of 1843, intending it in his words as a sledgehammer blow, was still radical in that it rejected the modern ideas about the work and the economy. What he wrote was that employers were, are responsible for the well-being of their employees. Mm-hmm. Their workers are not of value only to the extent to which they contribute to a product for the cheapest possible labor cost. They are of value as fellow passengers to the grave, in the words of Scroo- Scrooge's nephew, mm-hmm. and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. Mm-hmm. Employers owe their employees as human beings no matter what no better but no worse than themselves you can see how this was radical for the time yeah so radical because this was such a classist society and now i mean we're still kind of classist but it's closing yes it is definitely closing closing. yeah um and it's taken you know (laughs) almost 200 years to get us there (laughs) but this was the catalyst Mm -hmm. and yes That might mean a quote-unquote prize turkey at Christmas. Dickens could not resist a description of food in a sensuous detail. (laughs) But the real salvation that Scrooge gives to the Cratchit family is a raise. Christmas bonuses. (laughs) Oh, God, what is it that he says in Christmas Vacation? You goddamn... Fucking lily livered second shit jelly burger. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Honey, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to look that up later. I fucking love that. Oh, oh God. God, when he gets his his bonus and it's the jelly of the month, <laughs> and his wife is like, "You deserve to be kidnapped for all the cheap ways to save a buck." Have you not seen this movie? It's been so long. Oh, it's since so I've seen good. It. Josh, that's another tradition. Just to throw that out there, Josh and I open presents, and then we watch it. We watch Christmas Vacation oh. on Christmas every every year. <laughs> Ooh, uh, speaking of Christmas bonuses, by the way, um, my mom's company is not doing very well. Oh, that sucks. Um, and they're no one's getting a Christmas bonus because they are just trying to stay afloat and not have to fire anybody and not have to lay anyone off. They're going through a huge merger this year. That's and everybody is aware of that. Everybody is aware that the company is not doing well financially, especially since it is a place where people of lower income have to come, come. to get help. Yeah, lower um, income and on disability. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it is a nonprofit. Let me let that sink in. Mm-hmm. The CEO is just trying to keep it running that for sucks. right now and oh, still pay people. And someone found a meme on Facebook that said um, something about when you see. All your friends at other companies getting Christmas bonuses. This person thought that it was appropriate. Oh, God. (laughs) That the corporate office of this said company to um, print out hundreds of copies of this with the company's money and paper and stick them up everywhere. Oh, my God. Where the poor CEO who was... Who is a wonderful man. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a wonderful, wonderful man. And he is just doing his best that he can right now. Especially... Which is rare with, in a CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with how shitty Bevan has been to this whole industry. 
the past years that he's been in office. Yeah, um, the wake that he's leaving is not yeah. great, but we're not talking about yeah. the devil. But, <laughs> yeah, but no, um, but just where this guy could see it. And he's, he's the kind of person who would feel very, like who feels very bad about that already. And like, that's just not something that you need to be doing, especially when you know how poorly your company is doing. Mm-hmm. And um, like, especially with the work that they do, like it's, it's very hard stuff. And like, I understand mm-hmm. wanting a Christmas bonus, but sometimes that just can't happen in the economy that we're you in You can't right count now. on it as part of your salary. You can't. Mr. Griswold. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. It, it's just you not. You can't write the check when the money's not in the bank for the pool. Yeah. <laughs> and like the head of HR sent out an email and he's like, I will find who did this. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. I will find you. Yeah. I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let yeah. me finish i'm almost sorry done. no you're good <laughs> sorry it was just uh, that just reminded me yeah like, oh god so as as scrooge and the ghost of christmas past watched him his father holding his lame hand the miser please pleads say he will be spared the ghost reminds readers of scrooge's mouth malthusian 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 sorry Sorry. The ghost reminds readers of Scrooge's Methusian quote, If he be like to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus population. So he brought quotes in from yeah. all of these politicians. Respect. Wow. Oh, God, the ghost growls, to hear the insect on the leaf pronouncing on the too, on the too much life among his hungry brothers in the dust. In other words... Dickens reminded his 19th century readers, and today's, not to mistake their good fortune of landing in a high place for their worth. You guys, this book flew off the shelves. And literally, from this moment on, the charity donations, I don't even want to say doubled. I mean, the actual outreach that was happening from the wealthy to the poor, the spirit of giving was alive and it gave birth to this holiday that we have now and the meaning that this holiday actually has before. And I don't want to shit on Easter, but you know, it's not Christmas. And yes, religiously, it's just as important. But Christmas is so different because it's so it brings different. everyone together. It's, it's not so just a Christian holiday. Well, no, but it, it's also, you know, at Easter we get together, we have a dinner. I mean, if you have kids, they hunt eggs. There's nothing like what Christmas is at Easter. You know, that's kind of what Christmas was. It was something that the wealthy celebrated and it was something that the poor ignored because they didn't have time off. It wasn't recognized for them. It was a luxury. Dickens, with his words, the power of words, this is what we're always talking about, turned the heads of an entire civilization. Which is incredible. And the charities were overflowing. This book flew off the shelves. And you know what? People criticize him. They criticize him for wanting 
high-end packaging for his books, but not asking a high price for it. And that's because you could be a poor person or you could be the wealthiest person and you could purchase a book, which was a luxury. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a beautiful Christmas gift. And it was approachable to everyone. It was the equalizer. Mm-hmm. And it became a thing that turned the heads of the people in power and said, oh shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what I'll be remembered for. Yeah. And God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Everybody go rent the movie, The Man Who Invented Christmas, as well. (laughs) And watch the brilliant performance of this. I laughed. I cried. It was incredible. This is something that can't be ignored. Whether you like... uh, This is insane. And and it's it's a mentality we need to shift back to. The spirit of giving, of of the traditions, of the togetherness. Mm -hmm. It's not about how fancy your tree is. It's not about your glitter. It's not about your yard display. No. And I tell you what, I'm happier with the gifts that I give. Absolutely, me too. Especially when I've made them. Yeah, that too. And also, you know, I mean, I just... And especially when there's thought put into them. Yes, when when you open it and you you realize that that person really listened to you. You know what I'm saying? And it's... it's, I don't care about what I get this year. Mm. I've spent so much money on my husband, you guys, because he has worked so hard and I'm so proud of him. And he deserves it. He deserves to get everything that's under that tree and more. And I just wish I could give him more. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like he deserves it. And, you know, I mean, he asked me what I wanted and I was just like, I can't, I don't even have an answer. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just want to hang out. I just want that fellowship. I just want to, like, give to, to other people. And we have to maintain that because we can't get back to the way it was 200 years ago, you guys. We can't go back to that. And I feel like that's kind of where we're starting to get back to is like treating, you know, workers like their shit and all of that. And I think we needed a resurgence of that. And we were given that in this movie. Yes. And it wasn't released widely. So I just want to give it the full plug. We are not being paid by them. Oh, no. By any means whatsoever. (laughs) But the beautiful Dan Stevens plays Charles Dickens. There's an amazing British cast. It's totally star studded. I can't remember any of their names right now because I'm crying my eyes out. But. (laughs) <gasps> you get to the end and you see the blurb about how the charities were explo- were overflowing and how the workout and the workhouses were closed. And <sighs> I can't. <laughs> this is the story that equalizes us. It's the story that puts everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's a mentality that we have to get back to. And I, th- I think the thing that bothers me most about, like, what happened at my mom's place of work is, like, that exactly. Just their business is about giving. Yes. It is about giving people in this community the help that they need. It's about making sure that those people are still there to be with their families. Yes. Especially this time of year. This is a place where people with giving and serving hearts are supposed to be working and they are becoming very selfish mm-hmm. because they're used to a certain, they're, they're used to the bonuses and they're not seeing the reality of the situation that mm-hmm. our entire state is in because of our former governor. Yeah. 
So and, um, keep that spirit alive this year, you guys. Yeah. We have to remember what this season is about. It's not about the bonuses. No. It's not about the bonuses. The beauty of Christmas is the spirit of self-sacrifice. It's giving of yourself and giving unto others. It's an outward experience. And that is so much more rewarding than any gift you will get from anyone. Seeing the look on someone's face when they open what you've given them. Seeing the look on someone's face or, or the feeling that you get. And, you know, we could get into this whole philosophical debate about altruism and if it's really selfishly driven or whatever, but give it away. Yeah. If you have it, give it away. It, I'm so bad at, like, keeping my gifts a secret. I'm just like, please just open it. <laughs> yeah, just- so is Josh. He's so excited every year. But I'm saying, like, we did really well this year, and I don't care what I get. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give as much as I could to everyone around me. Yeah. Because I've we've been in a situation where it's been a lean Christmas and we haven't been able to really give and I, I wasn't I don't feel like I can show people what I love to be able to show people how much they mean to me. Mm-hmm. And this year, I mean, I kind of went a little overboard, but you know what? We could. Yeah. And so I did because pe- my family means the world to me. Our families mean the world to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Yeah. And that's the attitude we need to keep, you guys, especially going forward, because we don't know where this world is going to take us. We don't know where the politics will take us. We don't know where our resources will go. But that giving spirit and that togetherness is what will keep us together. Exactly. So. <sighs> I already cried a whole bunch, and so did you, so let's play a game. Yeah. <laughs> This was a heavy, but a really good episode. Really good. Yeah. I'm so proud of it. I am too. Oh. I really liked doing that little background. I love doing the background segments. (laughs) Uh, You can't have them. Oh, I know. (laughs) I know. I just, I like it when I can. It's really cool. It's so fun. Um, okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed our little Christmas special. It's yeah. time for a game. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you guys know that this is our game um, called If You Had To by Drunk Stone or Stupid. So, is it your turn? Yeah. I think it's, it's your turn. Yeah. So. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Would you rather have small, annoying, talking faces on your nails? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's terrifying. Or... Live the rest of your life on an airplane experiencing turbulence. Oh, this is, God. This is a rock and a hard place. Well, that way you could just pull off your nails. Oh, God. What? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. But you could never get off that plane. You could never get off that plane or ever have a manicure yeah. ever again. <laughs> I guess you could get implants, right? Yeah. I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah. Gee, oh, pull off your nails. Yeah. Kay. Pull off your nails and destroy the nail bed. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone keep an eye on Kay. <laughs> I was just uh, talking about myself. Oh, Lord. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a beautiful, wonderful, merry Christmas and f- that's, that's stress-free and that you can appreciate the fellowship of family and friends and um, the giving spirit that this time of year enjoys and the time of renewal and all of that beautiful, lovely, energizing things that we've Mm -hmm. talked about today. I think this was an incredible first dip on the first stop on the talk crooked Christmas train. (laughs) So, 
Uh, we love you guys so, so much. Um, head on over to the Lexington Bookies blog. Give her some clicks. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what she's got in store for Christmas. I hope it's a Christmas carol. That Ooh. would line up perfectly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to give you ideas, Amanda. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, head over to the gr- to Gramtown. Head over to Patreon in the spirit of giving. <laughs> um, and I know. think that we're going to have a really interesting year ahead of us for this yes. next year of our podcast. Um I know that I have an interesting year ahead of my personal life, um, just with this internship that I've got and um, the uh, the book of poems I'm currently trying to publish. Uh, yeah, we're both at really cool yeah. parts of our stages in our lives, and it's going to be really cool to see how this next year unfolds. I'm really excited. Yeah, I can't wait to take you guys on the journey. I love this more than anything because I just mm-hmm. get to sit here and have a good we get to have a beautiful, intelligent conversation with each other, and yeah. it's just so cool. <laughs> I love it so much. It's the highlight of our lives. So yeah. we love you guys so much. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Be safe, and remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.